Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, this week we're going to keep up our discussion of slowing down, but we're going to be focusing on memory. Well, kind of. With ADHD, it can be hard for us to remember all the things that we want or need to do, so what comes into play is the good old to-do list. Because when we're talking about memory, what we're really talking about in this context is task management. How are we going to remember the things that we want to do, and how we're going to go about doing those things? So that's what we're going to be covering in this episode. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash 130. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a better way to just hit all of those nutritional needs. It's something that I take every morning. It's easy. I can just add a scoop into some water, mix it up, and then I'm good to go. I don't even have to think about it at this point. It's just my go-to for the start of my morning. My ADHD can make it hard for me to hit all of my daily nutritional needs. Sometimes I forget that I need to add variety to my meals. But with one scoop of AG1, I'm getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. AG1 gives me my nutritional insurance so that on those days when I'm forgetting to get a good lunch in or, you know, lunch in general, I'm still getting something healthy into my diet. No need to guilt myself over the fact that I could have done better. AG1 gets me there at the start of my day. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ADHD. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash ADHD to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, keep on listening to find out how to keep track of all those things you need to do on your to-do list. What I'd like us to think about here is how what we're really doing is performing memory management, because what we're talking about is basically just creating a to-do list, and a to-do list is just a way for us to externalize our memory. If we could just remember and sort everything we need to do in our heads, a to-do list would be completely unnecessary. However, I've never found that strategy to be especially effective, and it is, in fact, one of the primary ways that I end up in that cycle of urgency and only doing things that need to happen right now. Because if I'm not able to track all of the things that I need to be working on, then I'm only going to be working on the things that demand the most attention, and those are going to be the urgent ones. But in the context of this episode, it's also important for us to work on understanding why we even want to use a to-do list. I think the biggest benefit that we can expect from a list is it can help us from trying to do everything all at once. We often overextend ourselves because we have this assumption that we're going to forget to do the thing, so we better take care of it right now. And to some extent, this can work. But when we start working on projects that are too big to fit into a single work session or require multiple steps, we start running into issues. It isn't going to matter how much time I make for these projects if I don't have any way to organize how I'm completing the steps. And this is the value we get from creating a to-do list. 
by externalizing what we need to remember, we can better organize what we need to do. We can let ourselves come back to these tasks when we need to, rather than just doing them as they come to us. But we've all had that experience with our to-do lists failing us. I mean, I found a post-it from a couple years ago with things I still hadn't managed to finish, and also amusingly with things that I needed to do again. So hey, at least it was effective at reminding me again now, right? The issue that we most often have with our to-do lists is that we just end up not trusting them. However, this is a symptom of how we're using the to-do list rather than with the list themselves. So why don't we trust our lists? Well, the easiest answer is that we find ourselves not doing the things on the list, which is somewhat fun circular logic there. We don't use our lists because we're not doing things on the list, and we're not doing things on the list because we're not using them. But there's more to it than just that. Because we have to ask, why aren't we doing the things on our lists? And the easy answer being, well, we have ADHD. What did you expect? But I think we can do better than that, don't you? And what I often find with my abandoned to-do lists is that they're just massively long. It just became this massive dumping ground of ideas that I felt needed to go on the list. And of course, at the time, all of those things definitely felt like they were important. Things that I definitely needed to do. Now, I do think there is a place for us brain dumping all of those things in our head that we want to get done, because we don't really want to be keeping all that stuff up there. But often our brain dump to-do lists are simply too much. And not only that, they aren't created in a way that's going to be actionable for us to work on them. To be fair, I'm sure I knew exactly what the steps are where I added the item garden project to my to-do list. But right now, I'm not even sure which garden project that's referring to. And that's really one of our biggest issues with to-do lists. We add entire projects as simple to-dos, and we're just never specific enough. And then over time, our to-do lists become these massive lists of projects that are overwhelming for us to even look at. We pull up the list, and there are so many things to do and think about. We just click over to social media to look at some memes to try and help our brains calm down for a minute. But without creating these lists, we tend to forget about those projects as well. We find ourselves months or years later looking at a list and going, you know, I never did put that shelf back up. So I'm not saying that we have an easy fix here either way. As my friend Brendan Mahan likes to say, ADHD is life on hard mode. This is one of those things that can be really hard to deal with. Our first step here is going to be that we want to accept that we have ADHD and that we are going to miss some things. That no matter how much planning and list making we do, we're not going to be perfect. I know this doesn't sound like a particularly important step, but how many times have you sat down and decided that this is the time it's going to be that the system is right and this is a time we're not going to let anything important slip through the cracks? This is a time that we're going to get it figured out. This is the time that we're not going to be embarrassed by a silly mistake because this is it, the ultimate perfect solution. Because all we have to do is just sit down and make the perfect list, and then everything in our lives will fall into place. So, let me start off by stating that no system is ever going to fix your life. No to-do list is going to cure your ADHD. But just because something isn't perfect doesn't mean it isn't going to be worthwhile to do. So let's give that good enough a try. And before we get started on this process, we need to make sure that we're giving ourselves enough time to really work on all the parts. One of the reasons that to-do lists can get unmanageable is that we don't give ourselves enough time to process everything. So 
So let's make sure before you sit down to try and work on this process of creating to-do list that you're really giving yourself enough time to move through all the steps. All right. So let's start with working on getting all of our to-dos out of our head as best we can. Don't worry about the dates or listing all the steps out yet. We'll get there. This is the brain dump part we were talking about earlier. Right now, we just want to get as much down onto paper as we can. Doesn't matter if it's important or just that you remember that your friend wanted to check out that new TV show. We just want to get it out of our head and onto the paper. If you're anything like me, I'm sure you've already got quite the list going. And not only that, it's already starting to fit a bit overwhelming. Do we really have to do all that stuff? Nah, but it's good to get it out of our head, and now we can get into the fun part of making our list functional. What we can focus on now is organizing our list, and what we need to first look out for are all those projects that were just listed as tasks. We're also going to want to start organizing things by context, and what I mean by this is that we want to separate tasks that we do at work from tasks that we're doing at home, as well as separating out things like errands and appointments that you know aren't in either of those places. Our next step is going through our projects and fleshing them out. The main things we want to know are what is done going to look like and what our next steps are. One of the reasons that we don't want amorphous projects in our to-do list is because defining what to do on the project is a task in and of itself. But when we're looking at it on a list, that might not be what we're thinking about. We're seeing component parts and not necessarily in the right order. Spending the time to flesh out what the parameters of a project are can make them a lot more approachable to do. As well, oftentimes we're not going to have time to do an entire project all at once. By separating it down into its component parts, we can just work on the parts that we need to when we have the time to do it. Now, once we have our list of projects and tasks, we can work on adding in other information about our tasks, like the priority, time estimations for how long it's going to take, and the due date. And then the one other piece I like to add on is also the due date, but this time as in the DO date or when I plan on actually completing the task. And I think the DO date is great because there are lots of things that are either don't have a real due date, and that's D-U-E date, or have parts that are going to have to be done before the whole thing is due. So having that DO date gives us a little bit of in-between time of when I want to do the project versus when it actually needs to be done by. Now, while we're at this section, we should also be looking for things that we can take off our lists. Remember, this is supposed to be an episode about slowing down, and part of that's going to be just reducing our lists. And I know, taking things off our list is hard. So hard, in fact, that our best strategy is working at keeping things from getting on our list in the first place. And this comes from saying no more often. Now, telling people no isn't always easy, but the person I have the most trouble saying no to is actually myself. Just the other day, I found myself saying that I should learn how to program in Unity so I can make my own video games. I mean, that sounds like a fun thing to do, and maybe it would be, but it'd also be a huge investment in time. And then the most important thing to remember about saying yes to things is that means we're saying no to anything else of what we could be doing during that time. So if I'm saying yes to learning Unity, I'm saying no to a lot of other things. And this just means that I have to be careful about what I'm saying yes to, because what I'm saying yes to is going to define what I'm saying no to. And by saying no to more things, I'm then giving myself the option to say yes to things that I really want to do. One of the most important things I've learned from doing more time management is that I've only got so much time in the day. And I know, yes, that's very obvious. But what really stuck with me was honestly how little time I actually had in a day. 
This is where the importance of doing those time estimations in our task planning come in to be so important. When I'm planning out my day using my task list, I can see that, oh, hey, this is going to take me two hours and this is going to take me another hour. And then I'm adding in things like my lunch and all the other stuff that I'm going to be doing during that day. And suddenly I find that I can't cram anything more into my day. I mean, sure, maybe I could squeeze in a couple small things, but the big blocks are going to be dominated by one to three tasks at most. Suddenly that to-do list for my day with 23 items on it seems, you know, completely unreasonable. Like, how did I honestly expect to get 15 hours of tasks done over a five-hour period? No wondering I wasn't getting through everything on my list. Again, it's important that we're protecting our list and only letting the important stuff get on there. When we just let anything get on our to-do list, they are going to become unwieldy and again become a tool that we don't trust because we're not following through on the to-dos that are on the list. And so again, this is how we want to be using our to-do list. It's a way for us to plan our day and to work through all those things that we want to be doing. The point of our to-do list is to give ourselves something to work with when we're planning. But we also have to remember our day isn't only made up of task after task. It's important that we're remembering that there are three parts of a task, the setup, the doing, and the cleanup. Hopefully, we're accounting for these parts when we're creating those time estimations. But even with that, we're going to be wanting to add in transition times into our calendars. Just because I can jam more stuff into my calendar doesn't mean it's a good idea. And sometimes we're going to question why we should even be planning our day when we're not going to get everything that we want to plan into it. But not getting to everything is an incredibly valuable data point for us. It isn't telling us that the planning itself is bad, but rather that we're just trying to do too much. If we're consistently finding that we're not getting to everything on our daily schedule, the solution isn't to try and do everything faster or to try and do it without planning. It's to reduce what we have planned for the day. I ask you, what's better? Finishing everything you had planned and perhaps not doing quite as much? Or being unable to finish your plans and having to scramble to figure out how to fit everything in? Our productivity is not a measure of our value. We don't always have to be doing more. So cut down on the plan for the day. Give yourself the breathing room to complete the things you really want to complete. What we get done in a month is more important than what we get done in a week, and that's more important than what we get done in a day. We don't always have to be sprinting to the next task. We can slow down and work on building the systems so that we can trust ourselves to get to the things that we need and want to do. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, to-do lists serve as a way for us to externalize our memory. We don't have to mentally keep track of all those things that we get to write down. But if we don't properly use and curate our list, they stop being a trusted source of information. Two, we can use our to-do list to help plan our days. But if we find ourselves constantly not finishing our daily plans, that's a sign that we need to cut back on how much we're trying to accomplish in a single day. Part of slowing down is accepting that we don't have to do it all. Three, to help keep our to-do list from becoming overwhelming, it's important that we're saying no more often. However, the most important person for us to be saying no more to is ourselves. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com contact. 
You can also reach me on Twitter at HackingYourADHD, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at HackingYourADHD.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at HackingYourADHD.com Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's HackingYourADHD.com Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tibber's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. I'm currently reading a book about anti-gravity, and it's impossible to put down. <laughs>